words that you to describe. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. I would like to open our board meeting. Uh, we're a minute behind. Um, could I have a roll call, please? Trustee Lawrence? Yes, I'm here. Trustee DeBrice? Here. Trustee Hernandez? Here. Trustee Banerjee? Here. Trustee Jensen? Here. Trustee Thompson? Here. Trustee Zorthian? Here. We have a quorum. Great, thank you. And uh, Mr. Charlin is excused for tonight. Um, we have a wonderful employee recognition this evening, and I would like you to begin. Thank you. Uh, yes, ma'am. Thank you, uh, uh, trustees. Uh, this is uh, truly, and with no offense, this is really the best part of the meeting. Um, and, and we're very excited here to have the opportunity to once again recognize some of the work that's done on a daily basis uh, by our, our, our staff. I mean, we, we could easily overwhelm this meeting, but uh, tonight we're going to take the opportunity to recognize those that were either acknowledged by their co-workers, their families, patients, via letters, or, or comments on, on some of our surveys. So with that, I'd like to turn it over to John Chapman to begin with our Highland recognition. Good afternoon. I agree with them. This is my favorite part of the board meetings. So let me run right through it. Our first representative that we're awarding tonight is Albert Encarnacion, who represents imaging. So let me tell you a little bit about Albert. Uh, Heather Duke, uh, help me uh, with this summary. And what we know about Albert is he's been in the medical center for 27 years. And through every transition and initiative, he remains positive, professional, polite, all while delivering exemplary patient care. Heather says he has a common mantra. It's, you have to pay attention to details, is his favorite saying here. Uh, Albert is that employee that you go with any issue, complaint, or need, and if he doesn't have an answer right away, he's going to find it. Albert cares, and his compassion for all patients is nothing short of amazing. Uh, over the six years of having Albert as Heather's employee and her right hand, uh, she counts on one hand the number of times he's unexpectedly not been at work due to illness or injury, so he's always here. Albert is the unsung hero of the imaging department. He's considered the backbone. I am thankful he still has many more years before he retires and hopefully many more awards. So let's congratulate Albert. Good. And wait, Luis has a special pin that he's giving up. There you go. All right. So next, I'd like to call two people up, uh, Amy Hamilton and uh, Diva Wolf, who are MCH clinical nurses. You're going to love this story. During the holiday season, come on up, they work tirelessly for five families. They actually raised $1,500 and had so many donations, I saw pictures of the U-Haul truck they had that delivered these gifts to uh, these families. Donations included... Baby supplies, laptops, diapers, even a tablet for a lucky child. Um, the five families were from the following uh, areas, and I hope I say this right. Uh, Eritrea, Afghanistan, South America, Ukraine, and Nigeria. I think I got four out of five. 
The amount of love these two ladies put into this is overwhelming for these families. They delivered the items in pouring rain, too, I heard, late at night. (laughs) I cannot tell you how proud I am of them. Uh, They included the entire FBC, and we are all pitched in and donated. From nurses to providers to techs, everyone came together for families from all over the world. We're honored to work with such amazing employees and humans as you. So thank you very much. Lastly, uh, I'd like to recognize Karen Young, who's the ICU charge nurse here at Highland. Karen, can you come on up? I said, if I ever got sick, this is the one I'd want to take care of me. She was telling me a story of how she had a relative uh, who had a, what, a hip replacement? Yes. And she had him out of the hospital in two days. <laughs> Scary, but good. All right. Um, so we would like to say she is one of the most dedicated employees here at Highland Hospital. She's the type of nurse who is committed to the organization, the unit in which she works, and to the patients and family that she serves. You're described as extremely diligent about ensuring all details of ICU operations are addressed in real time. She is a phenomenal charge nurse, assists our nurses with the coordination of each patient's individualized care. Throughout her day, you will find her working in collaboration with the physicians, nurses, pharmacists, and dietitians. She believes we are a world-class organization, and the only care we provide to each and every patient should be equal. Karen's a valuable asset to the ICU. Uh, she embodies the values of AHS through her commitment, teamwork, excellence, respect, and integrity in the way she performs her job. Congratulations, Karen. And that concludes my fun up here. Thank you. Good afternoon, I'm Richard Espinoza, CAO for Post-Acute Care Services, and it's my turn to have some fun. Mm -hmm. Our first recipient is from our South Shore Rehabilitation and Wellness Center, which is Annie Trung. Annie is one of our certified nursing assistants. Where's Annie? Uh, And Annie is described as one of our great team players who works well with her coworkers and who really enjoys working with her residents. She's kind-spirited, a wonderful listener always willing to assist in any way she can, and works incredibly well in building strength and confidence with our residents. She has a calming demeanor that she carries through when she's working with our team and our residents and ensures they feel heard, safe, and at home. Annie's one of our translators as well. She speaks Vietnamese and Cantonese, so she always makes those residents feel right at home. So, Annie, thank you for all you do. We appreciate it. Next, we have Santana Navarro, who is in our uh, laundry aid at our Park Bridge Rehabilitation and Wellness Center. 
And Santana takes great care in looking after our residents, but not only our residents, but their belongings, their clothing, making sure they're properly laundered, folded, and delivered back to our residents in loving, uh, in loving manners. Uh, and during one of the first weeks in February, Santana uh, identified that one of our residents' uh, jackets, his favorite jacket, had a tear in it. And uh, Santana made sure that it was repaired so that when it got back to him, he was incredibly elated that someone had taken that much care with his personal belongings. Um, she knew that this was his favorite jacket and took it upon herself to make sure that it was repaired with such care. So we thank you for all that you do, for going above and beyond every day, and it's a pleasure to have you at Parkbridge. Thank you. Thank you. Next, we'd like to honor Miriam McGroarty from uh, our Fairmont SNF campus. Uh, she's one of our certified nursing assistants who is on our knock shift, so one of a, a difficult shift to be on. Um, but Miriam works uh, with our mm -hmm. residents in an, as an excellent leader and a role model for our teams. She is caring, always puts resident safety first, has a great rapport with our residents, and makes wonderful recommendations for driving quality care for all of our residents. She makes sure our residents are comfortable at night and have what they need for a great rest in order to heal. She's incredibly patient and helps our residents voice their needs and carries the message from our residents to our team members to help improve our services that we're delivering to our residents on a daily basis. Thank you for all that you do, especially at night, which is a tough shift to be on. <laughs> Thank you. Now we'd like to honor Crystal Carrington uh, from our subacute and South Shore uh, facilities. Crystal is our activities coordinator for our subacute unit and has recently moved to our South Shore facility. Mm -hmm. uh, during this time, she's also finished her degree recently in recreational therapy and recently passed her exam within the last month, so congratulations on that. Um, Crystal has implemented some great PI and performance improvement projects based on our My Interview Satisfaction surveys from our residents. Uh, quality of religious services was one that was ranked a little bit low, and she made sure that she went out and coordinated with our community churches to offer services in different denominations at our locations, as well as large group uh, religious services in our conference room A. The residents thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, and quality of resident grooming, Crystal works closely with the facility's beautician to make sure that their appointments are scheduled and provided for haircuts. And uh, she does her own mani-pedis to some of our residents. Um, and she's been with Alameda Hospital for 12 years. Uh, and she knows our residents and our families incredibly well and has great interaction with them. Since she's transitioned to her position at South Shore, she's been getting raving reviews from the residents at that facility um, in terms of the programs that she's been developing. So thank you for all that you do. And that concludes for me. Good afternoon, trustees. It's a pleasure to have the opportunity to come today and share a few uh, stories with you about some of the folks that I'm going to be recognizing from San Leandro Hospital as well as from Alameda Hospital. So first up, I'd like to have Stanley Richards and Kathy Trebuzio uh, join me here at the podium. 
And as they're coming, I will share the story. And there is a young lady by the name of Rugi Seiko who could not be here today, but I'm going to be speaking about all three of them. And so uh, we received a statement of concern from a family that their mother's crocheted blanket, jacket, and lower dentures were, went missing when she was transferred to Highland for a procedure. When she returned to her room, they were not there. It was determined that the only place the missing items could be was in the, the dirty linen. Stanley Richards of Environmental Services was contacted, and he said that the linen hadn't been picked up yet, so he'd show the staff where to go and go through the bags. Rugi Seiko, who was a unit clerk, and Kathy Trebuzio, who is the manager of the unit, gowned up, they gloved up, and uh, I know infection control is here, and so they did gown up and glove up, and, uh, and, and they went through the bags, while Stanley assisted by moving the heavy bags and retying the bags and so forth. It was a true team effort, and the, fa and the team was overjoyed when Rugi found the right bag, and through their efforts, all of the items were found. Needless to say, the patient and the family were overjoyed. So, both of you, thank you so very much. And uh, Stanley, here is your certificate and the write-up, and a pen. Thank you very much, sir. Kathy, and Kathy, here's yours. Your uh, write-up and your certificate and your pen, and my gratitude. So next up from Alameda Hospital, I'm going to ask Dr. Jillian Sipitatum to join me. So as the CAO, you can imagine I get a lot of emails that I don't particularly care for. That's kind of it comes with the turf. And this was an email that I was so very glad to receive. And this is from a, a grateful family. It's from the wife of one of our former patients. Um, my name is Claire Rishi, and my husband, Chris Bernay, has had a long stay in Alameda Hospital, recovering from pneumonia and some other complications. I'm writing to express my gratitude to the physicians that have seen and supported my husband at this difficult time. In particular, I want to recognize Dr. Sipitatum. I found her to be a special physician. Her approach, is, her approach is both thorough and efficient. Her care and concern, genuine. Her thorough review of all the data regarding Chris allowed her to work us through some confusing and complicated medical issues, looking carefully at all of the facts before suggesting a course of action. She arrived at Chris's bedside with an authentic interest in him as a whole person, not simply an illness, and then incorporated that into her assessments. I appreciated very much that she partnered with me in creating a plan for addressing Chris's complicated health needs. She listened wholeheartedly to my concerns and observations and respected the level of knowledge I have about my husband after a year of caring for him. She sat with me reviewing every test result so I would fully understand the situation. She followed up on everything. She took the time to call me at home to update me on one final thing. I feel confident in her recommendations and her genuine care for Chris's well-being. I believe Dr. Sipitatum saved all of us from the anxiety, trauma, and expense of discharging Chris too early, only to see him return. I believe, I believe Chris's well-being today was greatly enhanced by this care. This has been a complicated case, but Chris is returning to health, and I thought you should know how things are going right. Sincerely, Claire Rishi. Thank you very much for your attention. So 
So I'm here representing John George. Uh, and I'd like to have Mike Burroughs step up. Um, Mike has been with uh, AHS a short time, since 2014, but I think he'll be here with us for a long time. He is a mental health specialist uh, working in psych emergency. Um, with Fred, you want to step up? You're his manager, has done a lot to do with this. And Dr. Lee, you can come up if you like. You've been part of, uh, she's our chief for um, emergency room as well. Um, and is, has given us some of this information about Michael, but um, he's been recognized by many people in the organization from physicians, nurses, administrative leadership, social services, is a very caring, compassionate, dedicated, and understanding and helpful asset to the team. He's always performing above and beyond his duties. Um, it was brought to our attention, um, we had a patient here at Highland actually, a 15-year-old adolescent with severe autism and severe behavioral disturbances. Um, Highland reached out to us to help provide some protection and services for the patient and the staff. And Michael volunteered uh, to step up and he ended up um, providing good, close, safe care for this patient for up to six weeks while he was um, upstairs at Highland on the sixth floor, I believe. Um, and he... Uh, then when this um, patient got ready for discharge, uh, going to Bakersfield, he stepped in and said, you know, I don't think that it would be safe for him to go in just a, an ambulance rig or, or a, a van. And he stepped in and volunteered to go with the patient and provided a, no restraints, no medication, safe transport for the patient um, to his um, residence where he was going to be residing from this point forward. So wanted to just say that he really did step up and go above and beyond um, what most people would do. So, Michael, thank you. And Here's this, and you're right up. So again, that, that concludes, unfortunately, I know you guys are disappointed, <laughs> but that concludes our awardees for this, for this month. But again, I just want to recognize, I mean, I see Michael, he's looking sharp. Yes, he is. <laughs> he is looking sharp. Yes. Stanley was looking sharp. So again... Uh, this means a tremendous amount to our team. This is wonderful. We thank you all very much, and thank you for the opportunity. Well, and this board, in just a moment, we're going to stand and applaud you, but we want you to know that we recognize all the hard work that you do, and because of your, because of what you do for our patients, our reputation in the Alameda system is just growing better and better all the time, and it's through your work that this is accomplished. Thank you so much. And you all are welcome to stay through the board meeting, or this would be the time that you make your <laughs> mass exit so that you can go celebrate your award. I was going to say, you had to have lost that. Yeah. Uh, 
Uh, we have one um, one individual for public comment, and so Mr. Brillinger, welcome again. Nice to see you. Um, would you like to come forward? Hello, my name is Arnold Berlinger, and you've seen me a number of times. I've come in here to ask for things, and today I've come, instead of asking, to thank you. I want to thank you on behalf of the residents and the staff for bringing the base rate for, for the CNAs up to 1850. It's a good start, and I appreciate it very much. Now, if you've ever seen me around in Alameda, you know that I've got signs galore hanging from my wheelchair because I figure, you know, just like the buses have bus wraps and stuff, I can go around and, and do things. So I made a sign that's got the Alameda <laughs> logo on it. And it says, if you could help me just a little bit, and it says, happy staff, happy residents, which is the truth. And you notice that I even got the blue of the, uh, yeah. the, the same blue for the rest of the two. Now, a couple of months, or maybe a month ago, Mayor Trish from Alameda came over here and talked to you about Alameda Hospital. And so I thought, well, then we need to have a sign that says, Alameda Hospital, our community hospital. Right? And so, so I thought, well, now one of the, a couple of people said, well, that's obvious. Well, we need to put it out in front of people. If we want it to be a community hospital, we've got to get them to go there and do stuff. Now, if you could hold this. I was looking at some of the at the something on the reception desk. And at the bottom of a of a notice that went out to people, it said Alameda Hospital caring, healing, teaching, serving. And I thought, and all, it says, caring, healing, teaching, serving, all. And I thought that was pretty good, and I should put it on the mm -hmm. sign because it seems to be the motto for Alameda Hospital. Mm -hmm. And not only did I put it in black and yellow because people could see it then as I'm going down the sidewalk, <laughs> but I also put it in these other colors. <laughs> and some of my People said, hey, couldn't you make it more colorful? <laughs> well, I do have some. Maybe I'll wear them next time to the next board meeting to show you, okay? But thank you very much. We, it's really appreciated. And even the, the, well, obviously the families of the, of the CNAs and the families of the residents appreciate it very much. 
it's good that you know we we need to come out and say hey good job and the best way to do it right now with the economy is make sure that they can provide for the families so thank I, you Mr. I saw my time went up that's fine thank you so much and thank you for your commitment to our hospital system Moving to item A on the agenda is the medical staff reports. And if I could start with uh, Alameda Hospital and uh, Dr. Hopkins. Oh, I'm sorry. I, was, I, met, I met Highland. I'm sorry. I was going this way across. You're first. You want me to go? Yes, please. All right. So the first uh, item on the agenda for today is um, that we are developing the emergency department saturation guidelines. Um, Unfortunately, Dr. Hearn is not here, and he would uh, be intimately involved in that. Um, information I was given is that um, we recently um, had a severe overcrowding in January, which uh, activated the National Emergency Department overcrowding um, system by exceeding a certain score, which is calculated based on you know, bed availability, how many patients are in the ER, how long it's taking to admit them. Um, uh, apparently, it's very common for the ER to be overcrowded, but this was... Um, unusual. And so uh, Dr. Hearn, uh, Dr. Ballard, uh, several other staff are working together to create um, a new protocol um, and process, and I believe that they're working on specific measures for when to activate the process. Um, I know that uh, one of the major concerns in, in activating this is that if we have a surge or a disaster, we want to be able to accommodate patients, and right now, without this in place, it would be very difficult to do that. Next, we have um, the health information management report. Things have been generally stable and going well over the past one to two years. Our um, delinquency rate remains low. Medical staff are doing a great job getting their charts completed. Um, we have reduced uh, outstanding billable charges by 2.3 million from a prior total of 4.5 million. The one area that we continue to struggle with is um, documentation, specifically signing and dating and putting the time on the charts. Um, hopefully we can de develop a better template so that this will go more smoothly. Apparently there was a Bay Area news report this month on hospitals that were penalized for patient safety, and none of us were among them. <laughs> we're really happy about that. Um, and then uh, the, the, the final item is the John George annual report. Um, things are doing, there are definite improvements at John George. Our length of stay is down. Um, our uh, turnaround time, ambulance turnaround time has decreased. Our census is much lower, and we are not nearly as overcrowded as we were. Um, you know, we attribute this, we have basically a 55 to 60 percent increase in physician hours, and that has made a huge difference. Our assault rate and seclusion restraints um, are relatively stable in PES. And uh, another one area that we've made significant strides on is um, developing emergency uh, early intervention plans. So when patients come in that we know have um, a history of behavioral issues in the ER, we can um, identify the triggers, implement 
solutions before the behaviors escalate. Um, there's, we are still working to develop more of those. Uh, it's been identified in the county and the state, and we're trying to work together. Um, yeah, so that's it. Um, there obviously are still many areas for improvement. We would like to see our assaults, assault rates get lower. Um, patient to patient assaults, I think, overall are down a bit, but patient to staff assaults are still relatively stable despite our census, our unique visits per month being down 10, 15 percent, which we don't have a good explanation for why that is. Is good, place is safer. And that is. Good. Thank you. Any questions, board? Okay. Yeah. Dr. Chee? Okay. Okay, so, provider coverage, uh, GI. Uh, that we uh, had one of our long um, scanning um, GI doctor went out on medical leave. And since then, uh, we've been uh, trying to find coverage for it. And uh, we had uh, some doctor comes up, and we're still working on the plan on our long-term coverage of GI service uh, at San Andrew Hospital. And uh, critical care committee, uh, Cole Blue. Uh, Dr. Chi, how far behind, I mean, is the access to patients? being affected? Or? Uh, n not so much access to patient is mostly the uh, emergency coverage. Uh, when we admit a patient to the hospital that require uh, GI consultation, if we do not have it, we uh, have to transfer the patient either to uh, Alameda Hospital or Highland Hospital, which adds to the delays and uh, in getting the patient the proper care. And uh, as far as our rapid response team on uh, quarter four, 2016, uh, semi-annual report on uh, rapid response team RRT revealed uh, most common reason for the 2022 calls were change in ultra-level consciousness, respiratory, cardiac, sepsis, and hypoglycemia. And uh, our rapid response team response time is within five minutes, 100% of the time. A majority of the rapid response team occur in the evening shift. Uh, cold brew calls, uh, successful implementation of critical care committee and cold brew committee. Uh, total cold brew call were 23, with survival rate of 27%, compared to the national average of 17%. And uh, accomplishment or CPR was underway 100% of the time when the co-brew team arrived. And uh, we are trying to achieve ACOS certification for all hospitals and anesthesiologists. Mm -hmm. And uh, by, it is not a requirement, but we're trying to uh, achieve uh, ACOS certification. And uh, working on uh, area of uh, opportunity our documentation on post cold brew uh, critique rate is a 63 and 69 percent. Oh, the the uh, documentation 69 percent and post cold critique 63 percent. And I uh, that's not the whole documentation is missing, but just 
certain aspect of the documentation, say the signature is missing, that falls out uh, from the documentation rate. And uh, we also, <coughs> no question, okay. Adherence to events uh, like cardiac support algorithm and action to improve performance include uh, mock cold brew for department. We run uh, mock cold brew once in a while, just trying to get people used to it. Development of a system cold brew to uh, form to improve uh, documentation. Uh, you know, instead of just sometimes this uh, obscure line you have to sign, it's easy to miss. So we're trying to improve the cold brew form so that the documentation will flow easier and uh, it, will, it will be a complete. In staff educational importance of post-scope post uh, critique documentation. Next on the agenda is the core measure. Our quarter four uh, tobacco core measure goal was set at 90%. Fiscal year 2016 outcome was 87.26. Uh, we just missed the expectation just by you know, less than 2%, uh, no, a little bit less than 3%. Uh, indicator of focus are initial screen, uh, tobacco counseling offer slash provided, tobacco cessation medication provided, tobacco counseling offer provided at time of discharge, tobacco medication provided at discharge. And uh, primary, some of those were done, but again, uh, if it wasn't documented, uh, that's, that's considered a fallout. So uh, we try to improve uh, our doc physician uh, documentation. And action to improve performance are develop, implement tobacco documentation order set with face-to-face -face counseling, uh, prescribe inpatient physician uh, medication, offer quitline prior to discharge, and prescribe uh, cessation medication at discharge. So uh, one way to do it would be changing Meditech. Uh, that's our electronic uh, medical record that uh, you need to trigger, um, ha have a trigger for this physician to remind physician. And uh, also uh, that's going to be required as a part of documentation prior to discharge. And next is uh, nutritional service. In quarter four, to, uh, 2016, uh, five indicator of nutritional service listed or mid target. Uh, first, timeliness of assessment average is 99%. Accuracy of RN nutrition screening average is 97%. Timeliness of assessment average is 97%. <clears throat> and this one might impress. Accuracy of diet, diet orders matched to empty order. Average 97%. I wish I can get that every time I order from a menu in a restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, food nutritional service, notify food allergy, average 100%. So uh, next will be radiology report. In quarter four, 2016, yield no radiation incidents, no batch reports finding greater than five rem. No MRI safety incidents. And a policy procedure approved were risk and patient safety plan, quality and safety plan, and registered dietitian order set. Any question? Any question, board members? Of all of those things, what are you most proud of? 
the dietary. <laughs> May omit 99%, 97%. Okay. Thank you. Dr. Megalong. Good afternoon. Uh, for um, Alameda Hospital, um, what we had uh, the most recent challenge that we have was our um, operating room diversion, which we talked about earlier. This was on February 9th, where we had a uh, particular matter believed to be coming from our, the HVAC system in our operating room. Um, environmental consultant was brought in to immediately determine the nature of the particulate matter. So we went on surgical diversion with County EMS, EMS to minimize the number of patients at Alameda Hospital that needed surgical interventions. So during this critical time, the multidisciplinary team responded admirably um, to this unforeseen challenge. And um, as of February 21st, uh, all uh, necessary interventions and repairs were completed. We officially came off surgical diver diversion with EMS and uh, elective surgeries were uh, resumed yesterday, uh, February 22nd. Um, the, um, any questions on that one? Um, so electronic health record selection, um, a presentation was provided on the work that our uh, health system is doing to improve and standardize our electronic health records across all facilities. Our medical staff will be working collaboratively with AHS and San Leandro Hospital medical staff to standardize the clinical process for building and implementing the AHR. Um, the um, other update I have is that Alameda Hospital will be uh, initiating a high school student training program called FACES for the Future. So the program is a high school student training program called FACES that provides care, exposure, academic support, wellness, and psychological intervention and youth leadership development. So this was um, uh, approved by our medical staff as well. Mm. How many students we have involved? Um, so it's still um, in the process. James Jackson is um, helping us with this, so um, there's it will be um, implemented soon. So we are yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Board, any questions? All right. Thank you, doctors, for your report. I appreciate it. Uh, now we're moving to the president's report and. Um, we have some, I think, both um, both exciting for her and uh, unfortunate for us. So, Jeanette, would you mind coming forward, please? <laughs> and I saw that eye roll, Jeanette. <laughs> <laughs> we want you right up there. And um, Maria is going to start this, but we have a few a few comments that we, we need to, to so you stay right there. <laughs> I won't move, I promise. So Jeanette, uh, I'd like to read to you today resolution number 2017-3. Resolution in gratitude and recognition of service to Alameda Health System. 
Whereas, in order to best meet the health care needs of the residents of Alameda County, the California State Legislature established an independent public hospital authority, Alameda Health System, whose mission is caring, healing, teaching, serving all. And, whereas, the workforce of Alameda Health System is its most valuable asset in providing service to the community and achievement of its mission. And, whereas, for more than 10 years, Jeanette Loudon Corbett has served Alameda Health System and its employees faithfully, managing effective relationships with unions representing 19 bargaining units, charting the course of management of the system's 4,500 plus employees, instituting numerous innovative programs to improve the quality of the work experience and employee engagement establishing a self-funded health plan that provides support and security for Alameda Health System employees, overseeing a system of retirement plans that secure the future plans of Alameda Health System employees, and managing two major acquisitions within a two-year period of two acute care facilities in the organization. And whereas Janet Loudon Corbett, has advocated passionately on behalf of the employees of Alameda Health System, sensitive to the challenges of their work, understanding of their commitment to the mission of the organization, and committed to improving the quality of the work, experience across the organization, and a living example of each of the principles embodied in the organization's values. And, whereas, Jeanette Loudon Corbin has been a role model of effective, caring leadership, highlighted by her focus on solving problems, willingness to accept responsibility, and insistence upon the highest standards of performance and conduct. And, whereas, the Board of Trustees of Alameda Health System and the executive leadership team have been well served by the dedication and efforts of Jeanette Loudon Corbett, her keen insights, and her unwavering commitment to the mission. And, whereas, after more than 25 years as a human resources professional, Jeanette Loudon Corbett will retire from service effective March 10, 2017. Now, therefore, be it resolved, the Board of Trustees is grateful for Janet's professionalism, leadership, and contributions that leave Alameda Health System well prepared to continue its success and to fulfill a future made brighter by her dedicated efforts. And further resolved, the Board of Trustees expresses its deepest thanks and appreciation for Jeanette's counsel, friendship, and years of service to AHS and the people of Alameda County, and wishes Jeanette and her family the best of health and happiness she enjoys retirement. And, and Jeanette, um, other things that I personally have um, when we work together to get our new CEO. Um, you helped me really think through a whole lot of stuff. Um, I've always admired the fact that your nails are perfectly groomed. <laughs> so th 
I mean, I, I think that's an important thing for a human resource person. The, the other thing I admire is that you were a great companion in our Warriors playoff games, and so she and I kicked back a few at a ball game, and I enjoyed that as well. Um, you will definitely be missed. You have accomplished some things, particularly at the negotiation table, that I, having sat there for so many years myself, are amazed at your quality and the things you've been able to do. You are compassionate, you are caring, and you will certainly be missed. On behalf of the board, in appreciation for your outstanding leadership and guidance, you get to put this on your mantles. <laughs> Well, well, I guess I guess first there are a bunch of people from my staff here, and um, and I would like you to honor them because I wouldn't have accomplished anything without them, and um, you know in particular um, Paula and and Karen and Krista have been with me almost the whole time, so. When I think about, you know, um, you know, I've often thought that the biggest thing that I that I accomplished, you know, while I was here was was getting pension legislation passed, yes. and um, I hope I can tell this story. Yes, um, Michelle said, "There's not. A, I think it might have been. There's not a chance in hell you're going to get that done. <laughs> but but if but if you do, I'll bow down in front of you." <laughs> and um, and and we and we got it we got it passed like in the nick of in the nick of time the the governor signed it and um so so Michelle actually did kneel down in front of me in the hall outside after after a board meeting so so it was it was fun and it's um it's been wonderful working um, working with all of you and um, trying to do the best that I can for the for the employees and the patients that. That, that count on us. Um, so, so thank you, um, thank you very much. I would have been totally surprised if I, if I hadn't um, asked Krista for, to print out the um, the board meeting <laughs> for me. You know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have known. So, um, thank you, thank you very much for um, for all of this. And and, um, and and please thank my staff that surrounded here and all the. All the colleagues that have that have come to be here. Good luck to you. Thank you. And the second part of the president's report is, uh, if you know, we need to begin the process to um, appoint an individual to serve on our board for the absence of Jim. Ujiani, and so I'm needing to put together, as I did last time, an ad hoc committee, and so I am seeking some volunteers from the board of who would like to um, assist with that process. I'm sure you all raise your hands immediately. I think I already volunteered sometime in the past. Thank you. Uh, well, you can say it publicly. Um, I will, but I'll also be looking for volunteers in other places, too. <laughs> Okay, so um, thank you, Barry, and thank you, Tracy. So we have a committee, and I will get to you shortly about the process. Thank you. 
And now we move to CEO report. Okay. That's quick. Um, <coughs> so, uh, good, good evening, trustees. Always great to see you all. And um, uh, last week was, uh, or our last meeting, my, my new and I hope improved uh, uh, report got really long, so I have tried to uh, edit myself this this week, and we'll see how well it go. But uh, because everyone is wondering um, why I have this silly shirt on, uh, <laughs> I should tell you all I lost a bet. Uh, one of my uh, uh, dear and close colleagues in this work uh, is the uh, CEO of Alameda Alliance for Health, our, our managed Medi-Cal partner. Uh, Scott Coffin, and Scott happens to be a, a really big New England Patriots fan. And as many of you know, I was born and raised in Atlanta. And uh, and so the Super Bowl came about, and uh, the card was drawn, and I issued a, a, a challenge. And I said, you know, my team is going to win, and um, uh, friendly wager, the loser has to wear the winning team's jersey to a board meeting. <laughs> and he uh, subsequently raised, a, uh, raised my... Uh, offer and said the loser also has to do a thousand push-ups in four days uh and i took the bet and needs to say my shoulders really hurt uh but i did that part and i'm now completing the other part of my obligation so anyone who knows scott can tell him that i wore my new england uh patriot shirt to my board meeting so sorry you all have to endure this it hurts me a lot more than it hurts you <laughs> Uh, but I appreciate your indulgence, and I look forward to this meeting ending so I can take this crazy thing off. Uh, and no one memorialize this for me, please. I think Luis actually caught me. The other part of the bet was I had to do my first 50 push-ups right after the game ended. So many of you know we were in Florida together, and we watched the game at a sports bar, and immediately after the game ended, there was this crazy guy doing 50 push-ups in a sports bar. That was so. it on video. Yeah, so, uh, there you go. Anyway. Moving right along to more important things. So, there you have it. Um, uh, I want to start with this. So I want to uh, thank uh, the organization, uh, the board, and my leadership team uh, in particular for supporting uh, uh, the organization and keeping things afloat while I was away for the past week. Uh, for those of you who don't know, I had the distinct honor of joining a group of colleagues um, around the country uh, who were uh, experts in and uh, people specializing in health equity and joining a group that's based here in Oakland called MEDIC. It's uh, an acronym for Medical Education in Cooperation with Cuba. And uh, we spent a, uh, a week in Havana, Cuba, actually uh, learning about the Cuban healthcare delivery system. Uh, many of you know uh, AHS actually has a longstanding relationship with ELAM, uh, it's the uh, Latin American Medical School based in Havana, uh, where a lot of their uh, medical students, particularly ones, they have a lot of international students in, there, uh, of that, in that group is a lot of students from the U.S., and those students then come back to get their residency training and practice here in the States, and uh, Alameda Health System, Highland Hospital in particular, is one of the sites where uh, uh, we have a couple of those residents who have come to the organization. And um, during this week, we did a lot of things in terms of learning about the healthcare system, a lot of which has really inspired me even more on the work that we're doing around health equity and around uh, access and really uh, improving health and not just health care for our community. Uh, we also had the opportunity to meet with some current ELAM students, ironically one who grew up literally a block away from where my wife grew up in Chicago, which is very odd, uh, but shows you how small the world is. And uh, I am happy to report, though, that of the current medical students, uh, uh, the, the word about Alameda Health System in Highland has spread 
quite well, and many of them were seeking me out to talk to me about potential opportunities to, to those of those of whom were interested in uh, uh, coming to the West Coast uh, uh, to work with us here, not only the health system and support the work that we're doing. So, um, amazing trip. I'm actually putting together a lot of thoughts and uh, have been sort of gradually talking to the leadership team about some of the things we can start to do to uh, use uh, this knowledge to inform our work. But I plan to uh, put something together and really um, uh, share that with folks throughout the organization who might be interested in knowing uh, what's not necessarily what's happening there purely for the sake of knowledge, but also how that informs uh, all the important work that we're, we're doing and continue to do here in Alameda Health System. So thank you for that. Uh, just two uh, uh, areas of update. Uh, I, I'm going to show you the update of system-wide dashboard uh, and, and talk about just a few items on there and others if you wish uh, to go into detail. Uh, and then pillar-based uh, updates instead of doing all the pillars, which took quite a while. I only selected, I think, three of them to uh, provide some brief updates on uh, this month. So. Uh, the performance dashboard, so just to remind you again, this is the uh, system-wide dashboard that we approved with all the different pillars and, and the, the various goals that are approved for the year, uh, so they are there. And then this is where we are year-to-date. Apologies if this is too micro. Uh, I didn't print this out, but, but we can give this to you, and I'll actually will upload it on board of that. But what you see here is uh, the first one. Remember, we have sort of a red, yellow, green uh, system here. The first one is access, and um, uh, what you see here is actually for the month, our results are uh, we are below target by 5%. I'll remind you that last month we were below by 14%. Uh, year to date, we're still down by uh, 14%, um, uh, but we are improving. Um, uh, this year, we were short our target visits by, or I'm sorry, uh, in the month of January. Uh, this is the February, month of February update, but the data, the most recent data, is either January or December, depending on the metric. In the month of January, we were low by uh, about um, 1,300 uh, uh, ambulatory visits. Uh, there's an asterisk next to this, though. Uh, we discovered after last month's report that this data is actually missing the, um, the, some of the non-traditional visits that we've, um, we've done over the course of the year and that we are moving uh, more into, like the e-consults that I shared on greater, in greater detail uh, last month. So uh, uh, hopefully by next month we will uh, uh, <coughs> improve the query system and we can actually add those data to it because that's a targeted uh, part of the work that we're doing and we want to make sure that's reflected in the, uh, the, the actual outcomes and the reports that we're, we're sharing. So, so uh, great improvement over the month. A little bit more will come through, but we're continuing to focus on this area. And with our new leadership in place, uh, uh, Dr. Barbary is in place uh, working with the team. We expect that we'll be able to, to move uh, um, uh, more successfully in this area. So the trend is moving up. Uh, the other one is on sustainability, and uh, David will be talking more in um, uh, next week's, I think it's next week's uh, finance committee, giving the January update, but we had a favorable month, as we share with you in the weekly update, and actually, for the month, the 7.1% is actually above, we have three levels of performance, 5% is the EBITDA target that we have for the year, or actually uh, 58 when you exclude uh, GASB 68, uh, and then 6.3 is level two, so we're uh, performing slightly above that, and 6.3 is, is ex uh, far exceeding the uh, performance, or 6.8, I should say. And uh, uh, for the month, we actually exceeded level three at 7.1, and then year-to-date, that brings us up to 6.3, which is at the level two. So uh, right now, performing fairly, uh, really well on the sustainability uh, uh, goal for the organization. Um, the other one I wanted to point out is on... Um, 
uh, post-acute 30-day readmission target. So uh, year-to-date, um, or I should say the goal, as you see here, is 22.4% of a 30-day uh, post-acute readmission. Um, for the month, we had 22%. Uh, if you could see last month, you'd know that we were at zero. If you look at that squiggly line next to it, uh, you see that we jumped from down to zero back up to 22%. Uh, the reason for this wild fluctuation is that we have, uh, these are Medicare discharges, and we have very few Medicare discharges. So one Remission in 30 days shoots us back up. So for the month, we're at 22%, but because we were so low year-to-date, that impact uh, year-to-date brings us up to 14.2, which is still well below the target for the year of 22%. So um, so uh, we're still green in that area, although uh, I think it was actually one 30-day uh, readmit that happened that shot us up to 22%. Uh, the others are here. Uh, again, happy to go into any detail on any of them that you're, you're uh, um, interested in talking about. But Sorry. You can, Siri's talking to us. Um, she talks to me when I'm not talking to her, too. Um, so um, uh, I just wanted to, we'll continue to produce this. We are working on uh, a cadence that gets these numbers uh, uh, done in terms of collecting them, validating them, and uh, getting them to you in a timely fashion since we're just still fine-tuning this process. But, uh, but it's getting better, and I want to thank uh, the quality team and Kinsey and the rest of the leadership for actually helping us to do this and to provide this to you in a timely fashion. So, um, again, apologies that it's showing up so small here, but we'll, we'll get this to you and load it on board if that goes a while. Uh, and so that's system-wide dashboard. A couple of pillar-based updates. So sustainability, um, obviously one of the big areas we continue to, uh, to focus on is our contracting uh, strategy. And I'm happy to say in two particular... Excuse me, Delvecchio. Could, sure. could we just ask if there were any questions on the board? Oh, uh, yes, absolutely. Sorry about that. Did you have any questions? Yes. Thank you. Uh, the Medicare admissions you were discussing, was that only for Highland? Uh, that's 30-day readmission for post-acute. So we do have two goals. We have acute 30-day uh, readmission, and I didn't focus on that one, but I could share that. I was talking about post-acute in I that just, case. I can't see what so Yeah, I apologies. So, yeah, that one was post-acute, but, but you are uh, uh, perceiving right that we do have one for um, – uh, for all calls we admission on the acute side, it's the one slightly above that that you can't see either. But where we are year to date, uh, we we were down for the month at 12.55 percent, where uh, last month we were at 13.67 percent. Uh, year to date, that brings us down to 12.86, but that's still above the goal of 10.6, which is why it's still red. And is that and that's across all acute? All acute hospitals. Yes. Yes. All acute. Yes. What what else? In there, we, we had a conversation in uh, QPSC about mm -hmm. about the dashboards and there being variations from from hospital to hospital. It, it, I know sustainability reflects all, all, the whole system. system. Yes. Um, and are all of those reflecting of the whole system? Yes. Or? Okay. So this is, this is uh, the system wide dashboard. So uh, remind you uh, when we did the goals. Uh, we did them by all of the um, uh, strategic business units, and then of the strategic, of all those goals, then we pulled forward a couple of them uh, to be on the executive or the system-wide dashboard, and okay. that's what this is. Okay. So it is all system-wide, but it does depend on the, the metrics. So whereas we have the readmission for acute, that's all three acute uh, uh, facilities, and we have one of them post-acute, which, of course, would just right. be the post-acute facilities, mm -hmm. but, but everything else. And then, like in the experience, we have uh, CG caps, which would be ambulatory. We have... H caps, which would be in, uh, um, acute, and then we have uh, uh, the Prescani for inpatient behavioral health. So, it's good so, to see the CG gaps and the H gaps improve. They are yeah, improving and holding, actually. We're really yeah, excited about that. Fine. 
Uh, it is still the case that behavioral health is our one area where we're, we're struggling to get back to where we were. Uh, uh, some progress, but we still have work to go in that space. I'm just wondering if the readmission rate that caused such a great fluctuation because one person was readmitted, do we need to rethink that measurement? Uh, the measurement is actually a reportable measure, so we're just showing you what we have to report. Uh, and it's, again, it fluctuates by month. And the, the reason is not because, you know, our, our, our patient population is a comprised of uh, patients who are covered by a bunch of insurances. So, you know, whether that's health back, Medicare, Medicaid, uh, what have you, uh, this metric is showing you what we pr produce uh, for publicly reported measures. So we could rethink this and show it to you, but we would be concerned that you would see it in another context. And it looks like this, and we're just explaining to you that the reason it does is because that's limited to a su certain subset of our, our patient population. I mean, I understand we have to report it, but when we adopted these goals in the strategic plan, I mean, we, we created this, so whatever. Yeah. It, 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 well, we've seen yeah. like in uh, San Leandro Hospital, if you have like one case of sepsis or something, right. just like it's the percentage, yeah. it goes up. So having the context of why that is Exactly, and, and, and to be clear, uh, we we want to improve this. Uh, you know, it, it would it would it would be it would be a good thing for us to look across the board because that's important for us to be looking at everybody. But we also should be mindful of what how we are perceived publicly, and people in the public don't have the benefit of saying you know this is what it looks like. So we want to make sure that in any case we're represented. And like I said, for this year to date, we're actually well below our target. It's just even one. One particular month, you'll see some wild fluctuations, and you can actually see you, it looks like a W because it's bouncing up and down. Right. But, right. but but that's the reason why that's happening. I have a question. Um, sure. I wonder if it's at all feasible for each of our facilities to have a similar dashboard, or is that not possible? Uh, if we did it well. Some of these wouldn't apply on a per facilities okay. basis because okay. you know, yeah, uh, uh, of the nature of them. Uh, but it would probably be a bit confusing for the facilities to see them on a per facility basis because we've designed the goals, uh, not just this one, but all the rest of them, by the business units. And okay. so um, uh, they are, and I think the, 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 the it is the case that the leadership is looking at these mm -hmm. as it relates to their facilities. but to do the work of actually now producing multiple reports that are by facilities in addition to aggregating them would produce, create some, some complexities and so, probably inefficiencies. So I hear that and I would guess that all facilities care about our pillars. So perhaps the report doesn't need to mirror every single piece of this, but in terms of reporting out, um, it feels wonderful to have something that's consistent across all so mm -hmm. I, I just want to, you know, it doesn't have to be addressed today. Maybe that's something we could talk about on the retreat. Sure. The second, I have two things. The sure. other one that's a, min, a minuscule thing is we print so many things. Mm -hmm. I'd like every time we come to have these printed, um, even for the months past, sure. so we can flip through and look at them right in the meeting okay. and discuss progress, changes over time, and where there's anything that we need to look at. So the one thing that stands out the most on this mm -hmm. is just the red in quality. And I just would love to have you talk a little bit more about that. Maybe it's because I can't read it, but just sure. say a little bit more about why you think those are in current state. 
yeah, sure. So, so we've talked about the the two of them are are the um, uh, re- 30-day readmission, and the other one is uh, harm reduction. Or there are actually four of them, uh, but the the top one is is prime, so that's a waiver. And that one actually, you'll see of the ten projects. Uh, the team uh, as, as assessed. This one is one of those, uh, uh, the few ones on here that's not a quantifiable one of sorts. Uh, um, uh, so that one is, you know, the, the, it's a subjective thing where the team feels that five of them are on track to achieve what we need to, and then five of them are not off track but questionable right now, and, and so we need to work on those. Um, uh, the other one is harm reduction, so it's an HRQ. Uh, um, um, metric that we pre- that we report on harm reduction and and um, you know I actually so I'll I'll, I'll I'll give you what what the team has given to me as data here and I'm, I think we you know we need to look at this a little bit more but um, um, it's anticipated that, that we're going to CMS actually the federal agency will uh, revise the composite metric in in the month of May so this will likely benefit us in terms of what they set as uh, what are the sort of indicators of harm that we have mm-hmm. to report. Um, but under revised specs, uh, the number of harms that we're currently reported would drop from 24 to 18. So, so it's just by virtue of just that definition change that they might that they may implement in May. Uh, the most frequent harm that we're seeing now is uh, postoperative uh, pulmonary embolism and and DVT, uh, which uh, helped me out here is. In some of the work that is evolving, that I present is, is uh, some of the things that you do to uh, pre- prevent these things. So, um, so uh, improving the types of prophylaxis that we do, the timeliness, the consistency of that type of work, and other types of things that are uh, preventative measures in the future. So that's that one. Uh, but that one, we are well above even our baseline for last year, and so there's a lot of opportunity there. The other two, I think we are uh, the readmissions. Like like I said, one of them is green year to date, and we explained that one. The other one, uh, we're high, and we're actually above where we were last year. But we're not that far away from it. And I actually think at this stage that we can get there is trending in the right direction. And if you look at this on a national basis, um, uh, 30-day readmissions, I, I don't know the latest numbers, but it tends to be one in five, so it's about 20%. So we're below that. Uh, we're just not at the goal that we set, which is half of that, 10%. So. Okay. Thank you. Sure. Do you want to introduce your director? Mm. Um, we actually, this is not, we, you're, no. she's, <laughs> Julie's been with us, actually, we're, that role is still vacant, we're, we're actually recruiting. Well, Eileen, we not, her, is yeah, I don't think we've seen Eileen, have we seen you before? We, we have. have. We have, yes. That's it. Wait, I, careful. <laughs> you changed your hairstyle. <laughs> I was you, like. You have my humble apology. No worries, I was like, wait, is there somebody over there? <laughs> Thank you, Eileen. Um, sure. So, any any other questions? Okay. Thank you. And I, I, I will. We will do that. We'll yeah. put the what what I'll well. We can. This is going to start to add up. So we can do all of them, or we can do the most recent one or two. And Maybe then have we just sort. have a folder, uh, Vanessa, that basically each of we us just can have it. one, and you just stick the next one in there, and we just have the ability to look at it because this is super small and my eyes are getting worse yeah. than what I wear, contacts, glasses, whatever, so. Fair point. We'll you, start, we'll you, start. You, we can hand out binoculars. Yes. <laughs> Even better, I would love to have this in the packet when we get it yes. three days in advance. I, I just think we, <clears throat> more and more, some of the documents that we're expected to review mm-hmm. aren't getting to us until the meeting, and um, 
it, it, it's problematic because I would love to just sit and look at this and, and, and soak it in. Sure. Uh, other things as well. Um, and I know that it's hard. I think in your mind, I think in our minds, we think, oh, well, the, the meeting's on Thursday. I have to have it done by Thursday. But really, whatever's going to be talked about on Thursday really should be available to the public on Monday. You sure. know, from a from a from a Brown Act standpoint, um, like you know, yeah, so, you know, things change. But I just I would I would like us to reach for that goal. Point that, taken. Yeah. This I, I I don't think that's an unreasonable uh, uh, goal, particularly as it relates to this. This is you know I I was in Cuba last week and I just finished this up and and we are still fine. And you had to do it, all those push-ups. What's that? Oh yeah. Well, that happened in Florida. That that hurt. Anyway, uh, okay, but thank you. Thank you for the uh, uh, recommendations and the, and the uh, feedback. Uh, so pillar-based updates, so sustainability, just want to talk. I've, I've narrowed this down. We, we talk often about all of the work that we're doing <clears throat> uh, with uh, the various contracts, and so I kind of, uh, and, and I shared that last month, but this month I focus on the four that are still yet outstanding in terms of the commercial plans that we've been uh, continuing to work on, and I'm happy to say that uh, progress has been made on all of these since uh, we uh, uh, provided an update last month, and, and with two of them in particular, uh, uh, Aetna and Cigna, we are really dangerously close to being done and having new contracts, and so um, uh, I want to uh, give uh, due credit to uh, David and uh, Mahira Azizi and our, our contracting team for continuing uh, to work very hard and, and keep the priority on uh, these uh, broadly uh, for the entirety of the organization, but uh, uh, certainly as they relate to the impact that these uh, contracts and, and lack thereof have. Uh, had on the Alameda uh, community in particular, and so uh, we're continuing to focus on this. The other ones, there are movement, not as much uh, uh, as the other two that I just mentioned, but but movement no less, and we're still pushing forward and hope to get this done uh, in, in the in the coming weeks. So we'll bring this, keep this on the radar, and we'll bring, keep bringing this forward to you until we're done with it. Any questions about this? Um, um, actually, we had our note here that I, we kept on here, but your, your continued support is, is very important, and, and, and we appreciate that. So. Uh, network, I uh, just wanted to bring up the uh, St. Rose Task Force just to, by way of update. The main thing here is that uh, the meeting date is, uh, for the final meeting of the task force is still pending. Um, uh, but what has happened since the last time we discussed this is uh, our efforts to work with uh, St. Rose uh, Hospital and the uh, Aleko company that's managing them, as well as our partners in the county, to do some due diligence uh, uh, in terms of their operations is actually underway, and uh, we're hoping to to uh, um, proceed with some intelligence there that would inform whatever uh, broader uh, plan that the county intends to do with respect to supporting uh, that portion of our safety net. Uh, will be informed by that. So, so more to come, but uh, just want to let you know that things are moving forward. Okay. Uh, workforce, so uh, we just spent a fair amount of time, and appropriately uh, so, uh, recognizing and honoring Jeanette. And um, I didn't want to stand up because Stephen was taking pictures, and I didn't want to uh, be caught in this uh, uh, picture. But um, I do want to take the liberty or, or the opportunity now to uh, really express my um, deep and uh, really, really uh, appreciative uh, uh, sentiments for Jeanette and uh, what she's uh, meant not just for the organization for the last 10 years, but for me for the last year and a half. Um, 
Um, as you all know, we've had a lot of uh, fluctuation in the leadership team, both uh, before, prior to my arrival and since. And, uh, and I think a lot of positive progress in that respect. Um, um, but um, uh, Jeanette and her uh, uh, institutional history and memory for the organization has really been uh, very vital to me and I know the rest of her colleagues in terms of really figuring out um, uh, not just where we want to go, but where we've been as a as an informant to to where we're trying to go. And uh, I was trying to think about what that meant in terms of a, a an organ in the body she has really represented for us. And I just came away with circulatory system. Like I'm not gonna. <laughs> I was like, this heart, the brain. No, I'm just gonna say she knows she's just helping us to kind of keep you know while we're developing everything else, keeping it all moving. So, so uh, I don't know if that's apt, but I'm not a clinician, so you can uh, forgive me if it isn't. Uh, anyone in the room. Uh, but Jeanette, I really do. Uh, I'll say it publicly, but you know, I'll express it to you as I have uh, uh, privately. Uh, I really, really feel incredibly indebted to you and, and what you've meant uh, to this organization and this team, and, and we're going to really miss you. Uh, with that, though, I am happy to uh, uh, shift slightly to her uh, right, left, that is, and, uh, and ask Tony Redman if you'd stand up for a second, Tony. One of the things I'm really, really deeply appreciative to Jeanette for is that she found this young man about three years ago. Uh, uh, yeah, <laughs> is that okay? That was good. You owe me. You owe me. Uh, uh, and brought him into the organization as our VP of HR. And and, and Tony has uh, uh, really shown his own medal and his own commitment to this organization and his own uh, 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 capabilities. And uh, through a very, very uh, intense and very competitive uh, uh, um, uh, search process, he really rose to the top. And uh, happy uh, to, to share with everyone uh, uh, that Tony is going to be our new uh, Chief Human Resources Officer, and uh, um, we're very excited about what that means for not just uh, HR and the organization, the HR organization, but what that means for the entire organization as he joins our as he joins our uh, senior leadership team. So, uh, welcome, Tony, and we look forward to working uh, uh, with you. And uh, uh, good luck, man. <laughs> um, I want to share with the board, actually, so, so um, we had some good news. Uh, many of you know I, I serve on the board of the um, what's called the Essential Hospitals Institute. It's the foundation part of the America's Essential Hospitals, the national organization. One of the things that they uh, put on uh, nationwide is something called the, um, uh, the uh, Fellows Program. And the Fellows Program is where they take um, uh, high-performing or high-potential leaders of uh, uh, essential hospitals around the country and put them through a one-year uh, training program um, uh, where they get to network with one another and learn from one another uh, uh, and bring those those uh, refined skills back to the organization. They actually have to participate in a project that they do for that year um, uh, and that project is based on what if an identified organizational need um, uh, that they are going to help address through their training and their development. Uh, we were fortunate this year um, uh, and as it recently announced that we have two fellows who got some, uh, uh, approved for that program and uh, one of them is our new um, uh, CEO for Amulatory, Dr. Uh, Palap uh, Babaria, and the other is our uh, VP for Strategy and Business, uh, Ishwari Venkataraman. Uh, and so they'll be starting that program actually in March is a sort of beginning thing, but they officially kick off in June at the uh, conference that happens in Chicago. So we're very excited about uh, the, the work that they're going to be doing, uh, both their 
two talented clinical and non-clinical leaders representing AEH or are representing AHS. Mm -hmm. um, I want to point out that this program is really recognized uh, uh, for the for being really good at identifying good talent. And uh, I was at a board meeting yesterday, and they pointed out that of the um, I guess two plus decades of this work, about 30 people who've gone through the fellows program have gone on to be uh, CEOs of, um, of essential hospitals around the country. And I, I'm actually one of them. I was a fellow back in 2007 and, uh, and now I'm here. Uh, uh, the other thing I'll point out is our incoming uh, CMS administrator um, uh, is also a fellow of this program. Uh, uh, and so not only is it uh, producing uh, strong and talented leaders within our organizations, but within healthcare and the, uh, the U.S. healthcare delivery system uh, nationwide. So, so we're excited about uh, Palav and, and Nishwari being a part of that program and, and representing uh, AHS and Cape Police. So I just want to let you know that. And actually, the second bullet was supposed to come off, but that the adaptive leadership is the model that they use now to, to do their training. And so uh, they'll, they'll be participating in that. And I think with that, I'm done. So. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your report. Uh, I'm going to move on to the consent items now. Is there anything on the consent item that any board member wishes to pull off and um, discuss separately? If not, then I will take a motion to approve the consent agenda as presented. I'll move. Thank Second. you. Thank you. All those in favor? Aye. 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 Thank you very much. Uh, we will move to item E, the action items, and this is to approve, uh, finally, our board policies and procedures. And I do want to, and Mike is going to add a few things, but also I want to let you know that um, I sent in a request to change the absence from three that was in there to five, given the, given the fact that we now have two board meetings a month, and it seemed to me to be to be much more, and that that's in-person absence. Mm -hmm. So the phone-in thing still still will work. Mm -hmm. Okay, um, any comments on this? Can I correct that? You mean a complete absence, not uh, simply being that your correct statement? Com your, your body, your complete, so complete, <laughs> okay. So your dialing in will be no, it won't be considered an absence. It won't be considered. No, it won't be considered an absence. Yeah, thank you. We just want it to be minimal, but it won't be considered an absence. Thank you. Uh, okay, can I have a motion? Yes. Uh, one miss was under the finance committee, and I thought I would have ample time to read this on Southwest last night. Um, but staring out the window seemed more exciting than reading this for the fourth time. But I did make it to the Finance Committee Charter, and there was one omission. Under meetings, the Finance Committee will meet monthly before the regularly scheduled meetings of the full board. I think we had decided to take that out. Since we don't meet before the full board, just meet monthly, period, would be fine. Okay. What, what page Secretary, is that? Sorry, it would be page 24 under meetings. First sentence. Thank you. We, With that, I Vanessa, you have you caught it. Okay, then you need to just transfer to Mike tomorrow. Thank you. <laughs> With that, I'm happy to move. Okay. Uh, second. I could second. Thank you. All those in favor? Aye. 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 Great. Um, oh, I oh, beg your pardon. Right. <laughs> 
So, and, and there's just a couple of uh, sort of uh, housekeeping things that occurred after um, this was published to the agenda. So, uh, on page 15, uh, which is the section, there's a section there that deals with um, training opportunities, and it says, e.g., uh, the governance, or i.e., the Governance Institute, mm -hmm. and so I just corrected that to see, e.g., Governance Institute, California Hospital Association, etc. So, just uh, okay. that was one change that I made. And uh, there, uh, I just wanted to uh, highlight that on the section dealing with the the medical staff appointment, I that had been a source of a. Uh, uh, discussion before, and I just wanted to confirm that everyone was okay. You know, I put in the June 30 date um, mm -hmm. there. I, to some extent, I sort of anticipate this is a one-time thing. They'll come up with the process, mm -hmm. and but you know what this means is if the process is going to change, it always has to be done by June 30th that year. So, so other than those were the uh, things that I just wanted to point out, and um, I don't think that'll change anyone's vote. Uh, that is on page number Two. 50. Wait, about the medical staff? Fifth, page 40, 46, 46 of, of the, the packet. Page 2 of the, two two of the policy. Is there anything that our attorney has said that's changed your vote? No. Okay, the vote stands as is recorded. Thank you. Uh -huh. uh, now we'll move to the second action item, and that's approval of a contract extension with the University of Pacific. Um, Madam Chairman, I need to um, recuse myself. And, and uh, uh, no, this, don't have to on this one. This is University of Pacific, not not. Oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. I read it wrong. Next, coming soon. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Um, may I have a motion to approve? I move. I'll move. Our second. Okay. I'll give you some oh. time. No, that's okay. Oh, sorry. The U.S. Right. The, um, I just don't know what it's for. I'm trying to. It's extending. This contract. Doctor, can you? Yeah. This contract. Yeah. This contract is involving residents in the dental service. Okay. So uh, they come and they provide care under the supervision of the attending. We have a very busy dental service, and uh, this contract had expires. We are like. In and oral surgery as well. Uh, oral maxillofacial surgery as well. But I think it's a different, different contract. contract. Okay. Yeah. Sure, that's fine. I just Page 86 of the packet, Trustee no. Jensen, is the summary. Okay. Sorry, I didn't see that. Then I'll move approval. Second. Okay. All those in favor? Aye. 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 Thank you. And that takes care of action items E, and let's move to discussion report. Uh, and hear from our chief financial officer. Um, I don't have a lot to add to uh, what Galvecchio mentioned. We did have a good month. We're looking forward to uh, going through the details next week at the Finance Committee. Uh, I think it's going to be a very busy agenda. We've got a number of contracts for approval, also a couple of um, uh, good retrospective reviews. 
Um, we remain in compliance with our agreement with the county. I uh, personally had a very nice one-on-one -on -one with the county auditor last week. I uh, discussed a lot of good issues, and there's um, good rapport and good support. Uh, we've also had a meeting with county staff on a variety of uh, reimbursement issues, and I think we're uh, within reach of resolving those. Thank you. Gosh, David, we're missing those long reports from you. What, you're getting off pretty easy these days. I'll make, make up for it next week. Okay. You can push through the bases then. All right. Uh, item number two, Dr. Yes, now is Horton, time for me to um, excuse myself. Okay. Do we have this? Actually, it's not. This is, this is well, it's right. discussion. It's not an action. Yeah. Okay. I see. Okay. So um, we, we want to give uh, an update on the negotiation of the uh, O-Care contract. So uh, we have uh, gone through an extensive, we call them retreats, and we looked at every service one by one in terms of the uh, schedule and the FTEs and how they are distributed. Uh, and uh, we finished those retreats. We started to uh, draft uh, the contract so uh, it is it is progressing and we are learning like more about what are the services and uh, are the demands uh, however we are not going to reach the uh, uh, or finalize the negotiation uh, we, we are going to need probably a short extension of about three months uh, to finalize those negotiations we have uh, like a timeline in terms of how we did it, shall we present it as such? Do you have the slide? I do. You can come up front, uh, Carla. Carla has been very uh, helpful and she has led this all this effort. So you can you can go over where we are. And can you introduce Carla? Uh, yes, or, or uh, Carla, Carla uh, works uh, under David's uh, uh, Cox finance team. She is in charge of contracting. And uh, we have been meeting almost weekly for about two hours with her, with HR, with AHP Executive Director Brenda Taylor, and with our uh, representative of the legal advice looking at all physician contract. So uh, Carla has organized all the retreat and she has been working on this project all, all along. Uh, so she, she just will give uh, like a short summary, it takes a few minutes about where we are on this. Yeah, uh, I'm sorry, the clicker's not working, but um, I'll begin by giving you a quick overview of the contract. Um, pretty much it's our largest dollar contract for physician services. Thank you. Um, and OCARE provides the bulk of uh, the physician services at Highland. Uh, this contract um, came into effect July 1st, 2014, and it's uh, set to expire on the 31st of March of this year. Um, they primarily provide services at Highland Hospital, but they also do some services at Alameda and at our FQHC clinics. Um, currently, they're providing more than 110 physician FTE, so you can see how big this contract is. Um, do, do you mind clicking? Thank you. Um, to help you best understand the size of this contract, um, I would like to highlight a few of the services. Um, they, in addition to clinical, they provide some teaching, administrative, and in some instances, they provide other services which are um, like administrative services for resident um, programs, et cetera. Um, but they do ED, primary care, um, hospitals, and so on. So a total of around 20 to 21 um, different um, specialties. Thank you. Um, 
So pretty much I'm moving on. I'll give you a quick overview. The negotiations began last year um, and we quickly realized that this uh, complex contract lacked um, clarity of services. And so what we did is had uh, a series of different, um, uh, conducted different retreats. It was a total of seven that we had um, where OKR, HP, and AHS came together to really establish a baseline of the services um, and develop a better understanding. In addition, we did um, a gap analysis where we really assessed um, service gaps and opportunities that we could address with this new contract. Um, due to the service, um, due to the size of the contract, uh, like I said, we had multiple different retreats. Um, our last one was done in January of, of this year. So currently we are working on drafting various different um, exhibits that include a very detailed um, scope of services by specialty. So my goal is to treat every exhibit as a separate mini contract. In addition to that, um, legal is working on the main body of the contract that will house all the exhibits. And um, at, at currently we've done seven, we have 13 um, more exhibits to complete. So this is why we're here today to um, respectfully ask for an extension. Um, this request will be um, provided at uh, the March Finance Committee and the, the official request will be given to the board and um, at the end of March as well. Um, but a lot of work has gone into this. I want to kind of guide you through the, the timeline as well. Um, we, our goal is that in March we begin engaging Sullivan Cotter, who's our uh, consulting firm helping us establish the FMB. We'll provide them all the information that we've gathered so they can set um, the FMB and provide us a product that will help us and guide us through our negotiation with OCare. Ideally, the negotiation with OCare will be um, completed by April, and um, the contract would then go to the board. It would go to two boards, um, the AHS board and the AHP board in May, um, and the reason why is because this contract will now be with AHP going forward. Um, so pretty much uh, the idea... Can I just interrupt and ask a question there? Yeah, so yeah, because I was going to ask, and not to embarrass myself, um, but whatever, um, what the difference between Alameda Health Partners and OCARE is. So, um, so Alameda Health Partners is the new <clears throat> uh, physician hospital organization that was uh, uh, created by the yes. organization, so the wholly owned subsidiary. Uh, it is now the mechanism by which we are moving all of our physician relationships, whether they're employed or contracted. Over to so there's sort of a global uh, governance and arrangement uh, for the physician services throughout the system, except uh, S or I'm sorry UAPD. So all of the UAPD docs have to stay within AHS until 2023, I believe it is. Uh, um, but everyone else, uh, contractor or employed, we're moving over to AHP. And so um, Oak Care is a historical uh, medical group that has predominantly been the medical group for Highland. Uh, but also have provided some services, as Carla mentioned, uh, to some of the other areas over time as well. It's the IPM, right? Uh, OKR, yes. It's an independent practice association or integrated practice association. So, so there are all, all the docs here, for the most part, with the exception of ortho, surgery, and a few other areas are OKR. But are they also Alameda Health Partner doctors? So will they become? They will they will be contracted with AHS as Alameda Health Partners doctors. So Alameda, if you look at AHP now, when this happens, AHP will have a group of doctors who are employed by AHP. They'll have contracts with different other groups for which we contract. So CEP is one, 
for emergency services at Alameda and San Leandro. Um, sound. Uh, sound physician group for hospitalists at uh, uh, San Leandro. There's a couple of others. So AHP AIM, thank you, was the other one I was thinking of. There's a group of docs, whether they're employed or contracted, that will be, make up the totality of Alameda Health Partners, but some of them retaining their own organizational names, and OKO would be one of them. Okay. So really, this Oak Care contract eventually will be with AHP. Correct. Yes, correct. Yeah, we, we are going to uh, put it under AHP in order to have uh, the same metrics uh, of uh, productivity that we use for AHP doctors, and we want to use the same enrollment and uh, productivity dashboard uh, with them. And they have, uh, you know, agreed to, to to do this, and you know. Hopefully, our vision really is to have all our physicians in the system under AHP in the employed structure as much as we can. What's the timeline for that? When would, in a perfect world, we expect that happening? Uh, I think it's hard for me to, uh, to, to predict at this mm -hmm. point in time, but uh, once we draft the contract, we're going to have uh, some kind of the timeline uh, and, and see how we can <coughs> So first, uh, we need to really establish uh, HP on strong ground. So there are some structural uh, HR and uh, physician compensation and, uh, uh, you know, structural issues that need, we need to establish in AHP. And it is, it is moving uh, in the right direction. And, uh, uh, you know, I'm, I'm hoping in the next maybe two years, but as we are moving forward, we have other big contracts coming uh, down the line. We have the UCSF surgery contract, and it is going to be under AHP. Uh, we are looking at other partnerships, like the neurosurgery with UCSF, and it's going to be under AHP. Uh, so, uh, you know, gradually we are going to go into that model. The, the, uh, Trustee Thompson, just to add to that, so I think uh, that's probably a reasonable timeline that, that uh, Dr. Jamaluddin just laid out, and part of that too is because uh, Alameda Health Partners is a wholly owned subsidiary of AHS, but it has a separate governing board, and the other big part of it uh, is that that is now the physician enterprise that's sort of our, our main partner, and a big part of creating that partnership is that it's a, you know, their, their readiness, our readiness, it's a shared sort of arrangement, so we're not driving the ship saying, you know, it has to happen by a certain date. We're working with them to say, what are your priorities? How do we kind of do this together? How do we do this at a pace that allows you to create some of those uh, uh, structural things that uh, Dr. Jamalini just mentioned and allow them to be successful and not uh, bombard them too quickly with too many of these things and, and then try to course correct over time, and try to do it in real time and do that in a shared, shared way. So probably about that amount of time would, would be a reasonable. So I understood then that at the board meeting on the 23rd, you are going to ask the board to extend the contract. Is that what you're asking? That's correct. So the goal of today's discussion was to uh, give, provide the board an update because, of course, this has been a uh, this is a major contract for us, and a lot of work has gone into it. And we did an extension before in the hopes that we would be done by this time, but. With all the work that's been done, it looks like we're going to need a little bit more time. So, and OCARE is is also requesting that extension. Uh, OCARE is a private company. So, oh, you mean are they supportive of the extension? Yes. 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 So, so they 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 uh, are, are 
collectively feeling that we are moving in a right right direction. We need this time to finish up the work, uh, uh, and and that we we this is a reasonable timeline for us to get on. Okay, because if the board doesn't approve it on the 23rd, you have seven days to get it done, and so. Uh, it seems to me I just wanted to make the board aware that this is a big deal here. Thank you. Yes, and the, and the goal of uh, doing it in the manner we is today we have today is is to avoid having to come to you or or what has happened historically is you know we come to you on that day and say we need an extension and you, your your hands are tied. You know, that they I like this new history better. It, well, thank you've you. been doing this lately, and I really like it. We're trying. You've been telling us, hey. Next month, we're going to need you to do this, and that way we don't feel like we're being told either do it or you got to jump off a cliff. So this is this is really helpful. I really appreciate it. Well, and and it seems to me that four years ago, I remember Dr. Cannell sitting back there talking about this, and it's been a long time, Kathleen. Yes. Um, who's who's on the AHP board? Who's on the AHP? Uh huh. <laughs> that was smart. And uh, this three-month extension, you feel quite confident will be the last extension. Yes, yes. Uh, it's. Uh, I mean, we really went into this. We wanted to get engaged into the conversation, and we started to discover, in terms of the management and the time management and the dashboards and stuff. So. Uh, yes, we are confident that it should, it, it, it's actually less than that, but we want to mm -hmm. give it a safety. You know. <laughs> Beck, you asked me the same question. <laughs> <laughs> asked me the same question. He said, oh, I'm ready to answer it. <laughs> okay. All right. Any other questions in this discussion? Louise, yeah. would you mind getting yes, the doctor? Thank you. Madam President, may I ask an agenda question? Certainly. Did we need to act on D3, the approval of the revised signature authority policy? Uh, I think that was moved was into consent. the consent calendar. Oh, so I didn't know you wrapped every, yeah, well, everything. Yeah, everything. As usual, you're very efficient. Thank you. Okay, and I did not see the committee reports. I didn't um, either. Yeah, it's an oral report. I'm sorry. Oh, that's all right. I just, I'm, that's okay. Then we will go to the committee reports that are written but will be oral. So, um, Kenny, I appreciate you taking the chair of our audit and compliance, so I'm going to go to you first. Sure. Um, so the Audit and Compliance Committee met on February 9th. This meeting was an, for informational purposes only, and we did not have any action items. So this was the first audit committee of the year. The committee meets quarterly, and there have been significant changes to the committee composition. Trustee Lujanani has stepped down and is no longer, and Trustee Charland and Thompson joined the uh, committee so we uh, we did an orientation um, to audit and this was you know framed much more in uh, you know what is the role of the internal audit how does internal audit compliance and legal work together and this was framed in a larger discussion of what are our expectations from this committee what do we want the role of the internal audit and compliance what are the specific responsibilities how are the items prioritized? As board fiduciary, we have the, do we, you know, how um, 
are these internal audit things that are brought to us, how are they prioritized, how are they reported, what are some boundary conditions for the scope. And also one of the things that we discussed was that there were emerging issues that come up as we you know, shift to population health management and how can we keep up with the trends that are happening as well. So there were some, you know, the regular status reports that we did, but one of the things that we also agreed was that it's very important to have the full board be better informed over the oversight responsibility of the internal issues of operations, financial, and managing risks, as well as the compliance <coughs> issues with state and federal law. So we will be bringing internal audit as an education component in at least one of our full board meetings in 2017. So that's my report, Madam Chair. Thank you. Dr. Zerkin. Thank you. Um, we had uh, a QPSC last month, um, and not we did not have one in December. So uh, we did the usual discussion in closed session on uh, privileges and um, um, credentialing, and, and we had a risk report about some uh, events that were being investigated by the risk management um, division. And then in open session, we approved some policies and the minutes from the prior meeting. And we um, had a pre preliminary discussion about what how we were going to redesign the, the committee, knowing that we would bring a more detailed plan to the committee this month. And I think that's about it. Great. Thank you so much. Um, the information report uh, is a written report and available for you, and I would like to publicly thank uh, Terry Lightfoot for the communication he has been sending to the board and the work he's been doing on our behalf, particularly around uh, the immigration issues and really community forums. I think he's been just very, very active, and I do want to extend, if he's not here, to extend our appreciation for the work that he's been doing. Um, I will let him know. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Just as a quick moment, I also want to thank Terry, uh, not just for the work on the on the, the resolution, but and John Chapman, and as, as you two know, but not the rest of the board, I had been contacted by some Highland Hospital neighbors about some of the conditions in the perimeter, and Terry and John really took the initiative and they have facilities uh, dealing with the, the uh, bus stop problem, and now they're partnering with the city to have Highland do an adopt a spot, um, which basically means Highland will be a neighbor kind of picking up and, and, and keeping things clean and, and making us a good neighbor. And I just want to really appreciate that extra effort because um, I just think it's so important. And so um, I know they're not here, but hopefully for the record, they've been thanked uh, for their work publicly. Pass it along. And thank you for bringing it to our attention. Thank you. Uh, we are actually ahead of our agenda by about eight minutes. The board is going to adjourn into closed session to have conference with the labor negotiator, according to the education code <coughs> 54957. Six, and the meeting is adjourned into closed session. Before we go, any public comment? Maybe. What? what? That's what I was asking. It's all good. It's all good. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the, may I have a motion to close the agenda? I mean, close the meeting. Thank you. Second. Thank you. All those. Oh, no, you have to actually report I'm that. going to report out. Um, um, the board met in closed session, uh, took no action. The meeting is adjourned, and an I vote at 7:03.